Welcome to Dear Alice, a lifestyle approach to interior design. We've always wanted everyone to have some of Alice Lane in their home. So we've created a program where you can have one of our design specialists help you pull your home together one room at a time. They will help you space plan and source each piece down to the very last layer. And get this, these services are complimentary and offered nationwide. For more details and information, email us at designrequest at alicelanehome.com or you can give us a call at 800-423-7757. Again, email us at designrequest at alicelanehome.com or call us at 800-423-7757. We are so excited to work with you. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Dear Alice. We're so excited to have Jesse Carrier and Mara Miller with us today. They are the great Carrier and Company. Um, they have the whole meal deal. If you're an interior designer, you want to be them. They have um, collections through Laloy Rugs. Congratulations, you guys. They're so beautiful. Century Furniture, which is a real feather in their cap. All the greats have lines at Century Furniture. Uh, Visual Comfort, again, like a total designer lineup. And you guys are one of them. Lee Jofa and Soitra Marin. They just uh, launched their new art line in October. So you guys have the full 360 tour of um, all of the lines, which has to be so fun because you can design with your own, your own products. And then they've also, they're also named on Architectural Digest, AD100, Eldercore's A-List, the Lux Gold List, and they've been published in Vogue, Town and Country, El Decor, House Beautiful, Oprah, and World of Interiors, and many others. Congrats, you guys. And then they're also married and they live in upstate New York and they share two children. So um, kudos to you and thank you for joining us on Dear Alice today. Gosh, I already love talking to you. That was such a wonderful <laughs> intro. <laughs> awesome. And then Jesse is um, the husband and my name is also Jesse. So that won't be confusing. And then um, Mara uh, Miller is um, his wife. And I guess my first question for you guys is... Um, you're married. So how do you like working together? I'm also, I also work with my husband in our business. So I'm curious to know like your roles and if you guys stay in your lane, if you're pretty specific about you, you get in your lane cause I'm doing my thing or if you guys collaborate with each other or how it works. You know, uh, well, you probably know as well as we do. I think, uh, it depends on the day that you ask the question. How do you love working with you today? <laughs> today. Day. I would say, day. yeah, today's an okay day. <laughs> but, um, you know, I think we're just so used to it. We've been working together now for such a long time. And um, most of the time, I really like it because it's like we, I say when we first started the company, one of the nicest parts was that it wasn't that we, it was together time. It wasn't romantic. It was just knowing that we were really committed and that we, we were, we were doing everything we possibly could to protect the company and make the company a success. And I think that that kind of trust was probably something that really let us take that chance and then grow the company. Yeah. And I'm totally joking. It's a joy to work together. No, it isn't. I mean, it, as with anything, it has its complications at times. And I think even if we were a non-married working couple, it would still, you know, we would still have our differences. I think that doesn't change. But I think there is, yeah, yeah there's just always an unwritten, unspoken 
sense of trust. And also I think it takes a lot of the, uh, I think it takes a lot of the drama or the, the upset. It's almost the opposite of what you might think. I think because we are married, I feel like it's like water off a duck's back. Sometimes if we have a disagreement, it's just like, eh, whatever. And we kind of just move through it and, and roll on. Whereas I think if, if it were a different natured relationship, it would HR would be involved. Yes, I mean we, there would be. <laughs> <laughs> so, what are what are your roles within the company? You know, they're very blurred. I think uh, we both have. Uh, I mean, we both come from design background. We both come from design firms. We were, you know, we're both designers, and I think that we both still um, function in those in, in that capacity. I would say the we have, difference. We, have, we play to our strengths. I would say, or we support each other's weaknesses. So, I feel like I I love spreadsheets. I do a lot more of the hands-on work with the bookkeeper and accountant. I do more of the contract revisions. Um, Jesse is, I think, a more outgoing person than I am. So if someone has to go somewhere and meet a potential client, it's Jesse, not me. I think it's very yin and yang. I think it is, uh, you know, I think it's big picture and minutia. I think that we both, we both approach projects from different perspectives and we find each other in the middle. So I feel like it, I, I feel that it makes for a stronger projects to have four eyes instead of two and two different points of view that come to the table. And yeah, it's, it's never a straight path to the end. I think that that makes each project a little more unique and interesting and, and dislike prior projects. So I think it always keeps it kind of fresh and interesting, but I think that we, yeah, I think we bring different things to the table and within the company, yeah, I would agree with Mara. I think that um, I, I'm more sort of outward facing, client facing, and and I think Mara is more in the weeds with with the staff and with with um, and with clients. But I think that that's really those are if you wanted to make those lanes, those would sort of be the lanes. I would say that we we are in. Yeah. Great. That makes sense. Yeah, definitely. That makes a lot of sense because it's, it's all there. I think people think what we do is so glamorous because we're these designers and these tastemakers and they think we just shop for a living and have people walk behind us holding all of our bags or something like that. But yeah. we're wearing feather boas and yeah, saying, and saying the word dolling a lot, but it's, it's really like so much work. So when, um, do you, you say Mara or Mara? Mara. Mara. So yeah, when Mara, when you talk about the minutia, um, yeah, I feel that so much. It's, it's like in every detail and, you know, the employees and the communication and the culture of the company and like so much of it is not interior design, you know, but you, you sign up to do this thing that you love and then you create a company and then you're doing all these other things that you, aren't designed at all. You know, uh, how big is the team that you guys um, have together? I think we're up to it's small. It's so small. It's about 12 to 14. Mm -hmm. We have a couple of voters who are remote, full-time remote. So I think we, including ourselves, we're 14. Yeah. 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 So you like manage 14 people, you work with 14 people, you collaborate in different ways, you're communicating constantly. 
So yeah, it's a juggle in itself and it sounds fabulous, you know, and when, when we were, we use these words called install, you know, and people think, oh my gosh, how glamorous. You're like, no, we're moving people in. We're, we're like literally moving and we're sweating. And yeah. Yes, exactly. It's like the most work that you could ever, that you could ever do in one full day. Um, okay. Sorry. Back to the podcast. Um, so um, I wanted to know your love story. I think everybody loves a good love story. How did you guys meet? Sure. Uh, well, I think, do we still have two different versions of this story? <laughs> like everything we have, this. we have, we have slightly different recollections, but we actually met in design school. Uh, we were both graduates from the fashion Institute of technology. Uh, we were both in the interior design program and there were two different classes or two different tracks basically through that program and i was in let's say the the a team and you were in the b team and we actually did not meet until our last year of school when i had to change my class schedule due to an internship opportunity at arrow studios with thomas o'brien ah so cool Uh, so oh, I, I switched, I switched my class into this other section and that's when I met Mara. So we were seniors in um, design school at FIT. So cool. And who made the first move? Jesse did. I did? You did. It's true. <laughs> well, I guess I, right. So, you know, it, it, it was um, design school. So we were, we were, Preparing for some presentation. We went to a bar after senior thesis, after our first semester, fall semester senior. You get all dressed up because you're making your big presentation, your thesis presentation to the class. And I think it might have been the first time where I popped in her contacts, put a little lipstick on, got her sweatpants, and I was like, wow, who's that that (laughs) audio there? And it was my my classmate, Mara. And I think your story was that it wasn't until I cut my hair. Oh, that's true. You too. took no notice of me until Jesse used to have very not very long hair, but like shoulder length hair. And um, it was good, Jesse. I believe you. And <laughs> he came into class one day with like a short haircut, and um, all the all the girls in class like you'd have you'd start the class or be the professor would speak, and then you'd break in and you could start doing design work. And like, there was a break and all the girls like went to one table and they're like, Jesse's hair. What do you think of Jesse's hair? We all discussed it. And then, um, I'm dying. <laughs> that's when he was, got on my radar, but it still didn't inspire me to shower or put on makeup until senior thesis. That's amazing. I'm a girl. Take it or take, take me or leave me. My husband and I have this argument too about the way that we met. And it was also a haircut that kept us apart. Um, our, his first date, we went out, he had a Caesar cut. Do you guys remember the Caesar cut? Where it was uh-huh. like bang straight across and they combed everything forward. Well, he's a Jewish boy. And so he's all nose and the Caesar cut did nothing for his face. Really handsome guy, but he was not handsome with a Caesar cut and I didn't, I was not interested in going, he was a setup. I was not interested in going out with him again. Cause I was like, I just don't see it guys. I don't know. I'm so glad you think we're going to be such a cute couple, but I'm just not attracted to him. You know, 
Anyway, somehow we went on a second date too, but it's funny that it was like this haircut that <laughs> that made you actually see like, oh yeah. And yeah, Mara putting in her, or Mara putting in her contacts and yeah, that's hilarious. Did you know that 35% of adults report experiencing poor sleep quality? Let me put you onto something that is going to transform your sleep. Cozy Earth Bedding is temperature regulating people. This is huge. If you and your spouse do not sleep at the same temperature, which most people don't, I'm freezing, my husband's hot. This is a massive benefit and breakthrough for us when we started sleeping on Cozy Earth. You can both sleep on the same mattress with the same sheets and be completely comfortable. They also have a 100-night sleep trial guarantee and a 10-year warranty, which I don't know of anybody that does this. They're that confident in the product, and so am I. When I first touched Cozy Earth products, I could not believe the soft hand on it. It also almost has like a cool feel to your hand. To your um, hand, It's like slippery dolphin, like your feet swishing around is so, so addictive. I can't sleep with anything but Cozy Earth sheets. I'm obsessed. Um, also, you need to treat yourself to the ultimate comfort with Cozy Earth. I love the sleepwear. I love the sweats and the bedding is amazing. You can prioritize your self-care your sleep health, if you just head over to CozyEarth.com and use the promo code DEARALICE for an exclusive 35% off. You guys, we don't have to wait for a sale. You can use this anytime. Again, the code is DEARALICE for an exclusive 35% off. Better sleep awaits you with Cozy Earth. I love it so much. Um, so from start to finish, how long did it take till you guys were married? You go to the bar, you start noticing each other, you start dating. Well, that's, I think that's getting, that's getting into the next question of the background and the history. So the trajectory was we finished FIT, we graduated. I had an internship, which turned into a full-time gig with Aero Studios and Mara was working at Modern Bride magazine. And then. No, I was working at I can Kligerman Architects. You, you were, I can Kligerman. And we basically, we were dating and we had these parallel career paths where we were working in New York city with top tier design firms. We were very fortunate. I was at Aero studios with Thomas O'Brien. And then I moved to Jeffrey Bill Huber's office. Um, Tom Felicia, Tom Shear, and Mara was. What does that have to do with how, like, like, how long we got married? Well, because it's leading up to when we got married, I'm trying to give her the full picture of this, the, the, okay. the time from beginning to to forever after. Jesse, it sounded and like you worked for every Tom in in interior design Tom. available. Every Tom. That's amazing. <laughs> wow. Such I'm a, a title. Yeah. <laughs> such a cool feather in your cap though. That's amazing. So uh, you guys are like working parallelly and years are going. So uh, yes, that, that was my, my path. And then Mara was was at uh Sills Hunterford, then Marcy Masterson, then Sara Banger. And then, so it was somewhere within, I don't remember where I, I was, I, I was at Jeffrey's, you were at Sarah's and we were married and that was probably seven years seven after years. graduation, we were married and then we probably took another seven years to have our first child. Ten years. No. Uh, we should have we done the math before you asked these questions. Math. I know. 
we were, yeah, we dated about seven years before we got married. And then Jack was four years after we got married. Four. So it was a total of 11 years. And then, and that's basically upon, it was really with the birth of our first child, Jack, that we, I don't know why we thought at the time that it would be a great idea to have a baby, buy an apartment, quit our jobs and start a business all at the same time. But we did it. I don't find that that always happens. There's like this trifecta where like everything's coming to a head and you're like, ah, throw one more on. What's it, what's it it going to be? It was a little bit like a runaway train for sure. And I think it wasn't, it, it wasn't, I guess all that is to say it wasn't a plan. It was really more of a a reality because we were still at that time when uh, we had Jack, who is now 16. Um, We were, you know, Mara was doing a project in St. Barts and I was maybe in Nantucket and we were on different schedules in different parts of the world on different projects on other people's schedules and enter this little baby. And I think that our thinking at the time was, if we can pull our resources and start a business together, we've got some supportive clients who would be happy to, to launch us. We, you know, at least we would have some control over our own schedule, which was the biggest myth of all times. (laughs) That's hilarious. (laughs) Uh, But that that was, that was the, yeah, that was really the the beginning of Carrier Company was uh, the birth of Jack Carrier. Yeah. That's amazing. So Jack, so you guys have been, have been doing this together for 16 years. Yeah, yeah. that's amazing. And then you guys have another baby that's... Can't... And we have a, a little girl named Natalie who is 11. Cute. That's so fun. So you guys are busy. I also have two children. And um, yeah, my um, my kids were seven and three when we decided to start the business. So we had one in school and one not in school. And then you're like... Who's going to raise our kids? Because we're both doing yeah. this together. Yeah. So they then, just raise themselves. Yeah. Like the, Self-raising. Yeah. It's like bread. It's like raising bread, yeah. right? It's all self-rising. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So crazy. Okay. So um, I met the carriers at their launch with um, uh, Century and was so excited to meet you guys. I have your book. I actually have two of your first books. And I understand that there's a second book coming out. Did I hear that? There is a rumor. There is a rumor that there's there's one in the making. Yes. Yeah. When will that one hatch? I would say we're probably a, a year, year out. out. Yeah. So you guys are designing things. You're collaborating. You're raising up 14 employees. You're writing books. You're designing uh, lines for every part of the home. That is amazing. Yeah. You guys not, do not sleep. It's a real snooze. <laughs> <over here. laughs> That's amazing. Congrats on all your success. That's so cool. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Um, okay. Normal question for a designer to ask another designer is where do you find your inspiration? Gosh. Um, you know, as much as we would like to say, we love to travel. We, we find so much inspiration in, uh, you know, we're, we're pretty homebound between the office and and the family. Um, I would say that, you know, we live in New York city full time. We're up in the country on weekends. I think we have always found a lot of inspiration here in our, our backyard in New York city. I feel like we have the advantage of some of the best museums that we can, we can visit. I think it's, it's an inspiring place to live. And I think on weekends when we get the opportunity to go 
uh, upstate, as you had mentioned, we have, you know, the bucolic countryside, which is a little bit of a respite, but also inspiring. And I, I don't know, I mean, that's maybe not the most exciting response, no, I find, but I do find that... I find that at this point, the, the restorative stuff is maybe the most important thing to be able... For, for us, I know decompression really happens when we're outside and we're upstate. Jesse Gardens, I like to hike. Um, and I think it's just kind of a grounding because there's a lot of visual... It's like what we do is visually exciting, but it's sometimes overstimulating. Mm -hmm. And now, you know, we're in the habit now of even at night when we're relaxing, we're basically on our phones, just shopping, prepping for the next day. So we're kind of always looking and thinking and looking and thinking. And just to have these pauses is maybe the most important thing Mm -hmm. I'm finding. And then because life is getting so busy, I really enjoy the fact that we really do a deep dive with our clients and I kind of live vicariously through them. Like it's figuring out what the fantasy is for their home and their property. And when we're lucky enough to do projects that are vacation homes, where I think there's always an, an added element of kind of romance or fantasy, mm-hmm. it's, it's, I think what kind of keeps it really fun. So on the sort of the programming of the home, like the very beginning, you're trying to understand this client Are both of you on that first meeting with them, yes. yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I so think you're there's both so much asking your questions. Yeah, yeah, and I think that is really important. That deep dive into the programming. It's not just about pretty pictures and and inspiration, but really like how how do you live and and who's coming over and what are you cooking and who's cooking and how often and sort of getting into yeah. I mean, there's there's definitely a little bit of anthropology in what we do in terms of just you know learning about how people are actually living in these spaces. And and I think it's not, our approach is really not about, I mean, yes, of course we want it to be beautiful, but we certainly want it to be functional and, and representative of the end user. Yeah. And do you find the more that you learn about each individual client, you're sitting down with them, you're learning how they live. Do you find it so fascinating that one to the next, to the next is different, or do you find that their rhythms are all pretty similar? I think they are wildly different. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Same. And fascinating too, right? Cause then you start thinking about the way that you're doing it and the way that you're waking up each morning and your ritual versus the way that they do it. And you're like, I should try it their way. That sounds really fun. <laughs> yeah. Like they, they do get to have, we, I feel like we're so restricted with some of the things that we're trying to pump out and do that we forget to actually live beautifully. Right. Because we're so working hard at getting them to live their ultimate life. So you're like, I just want to come over to your house and hang out because you've got it all figured out and it's already designed and everything's everything's broken at my house. So, (laughs) yeah. Isn't that the truth? I feel like it is very much, you know, the cobbler's kids. It's sort of like uh, people, you know, we we get lots of lots of requests to see, you know, see our apartment, see our house or editors will say it would be great. We should do a feature. And and the answer is always uh Ask again next year. Uh, <laughs> Innovation hasn't completed yet. It's uh, yeah. I feel like everything's last on the list of things to do. It's always your own your own home, your own project. At yeah. least in our case. For sure. I remember talking to a client once, and she was saying, "I don't need a microwave in my house." She's like, 
I'm not getting fat on Hot Pockets. I'm fat because I go to the finest restaurants in the world. And I was like, we're eating Hot Pockets at my house. (laughs) So, and we definitely are using our microwave. But I'm like, good for you. Don't, you don't need a microwave. You're so, you're so rich. I love it. (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's awesome to see how the other, the other half live, isn't it? And so fun too, to be trusted with all of that information. You really can ask anything in a, in a first consultation and, all that programming in the name of programming, I feel like. So that's super fun. Um, what do you guys find most fulfilling? I'm sure it's different for both of you. So both of you answer it. Uh, what do you find most fulfilling? Fulfilling in what context? Just in general. It can be sure. any part, just like it's so fulfilling for you. You just, whatever it is. It's it's like a, it's a wild range. Like I... I am obsessed with my dog who is not the nicest guy. He's not the nicest guy. And that just makes me love him more because I think he needs more love to like heal. What and kind of dog is he? I don't know. I, he's a, uh, he's a mutt. And I, I think he's, he's got like, he's a rescue maybe dog. Chihuahua, maybe, maybe terrier. He's got something in him with a, like his eyes are crazy. He's got little crazy eyes, but um, I love him making him happy makes me so happy it's true they really are love that's really nice true love story (laughs) (laughs) that's cute and i just love like i love it when for me if i organize a shelf and it gets to stay that way i can't i go back and look at it like for like a whole week like if i can get all the paper products on one shelf doesn't mess it up Oh, that she makes me so happy. An organized closet and an organized spreadsheet. I love an organized spreadsheet. I love an organized closet. I love, uh, I love it when somebody has followed my plan uh, in how they love the dishwasher. Mm-hmm. Love that. It is the smallest things that really make me really happy. And, and you probably just go back there and open that cupboard and look at that shelf just on a whim and just think, I got it together. Yeah. And I open it, I open it a lot and I think Jesse just doesn't get me. Like that's all I want. I always mess all it up. All the paper products on one shelf and the cleaning products on the other. Yeah. And like what that sounds pretentious, but like we're in a New York apartment. We don't have that much space. Yeah. Yeah. I get and it. And glance at it and know like, oh, I've got to order this or that. That's the point of it. The point isn't for <laughs> the point is so that it's like ease. Like, oh yeah, we're low on Swiffers. I love it. I love it. How yeah. about you, Jesse? How would you yeah, well, I'm going to go, I'm going to take it back to the design, the design realm. And I'm going to say, and I, when you asked the question, I was thinking more, what do I find fulfilling in my job? And I would have to say what I, what I really find most fulfilling is when we have completed a project and installed someone's home and it may not be immediate it might even be i think the most fulfilling is maybe a couple of years down the road when we get an unexpected note or an email from a client who's just so thankful and appreciative of of what we have added to their not just to the design but to their to their lives or how they i I mean there's been a few really great examples of and and sometimes a a little sad but we've had clients who have uh, unfortunately had terrible illnesses who have just been so thoughtful and wrote and said, you know, I'm just so grateful for what you've done. It's made my, 
my healing so much uh, more profound to be in this beautiful space. It's been really, and I think, yeah, that's when we know we've done a really good job is when it actually hits home for the homeowners and they actually, it's not just a visual sensation, but an all over sensation for them that it actually makes them feel good mm -hmm. about where they live and how they live. And I think, oh, that's, we've done a good job. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. That's powerful. That's really cool. It's kind of, it's an emotional thing too. You know, yeah. people, people don't consider all that that does for your psyche and everything else. It's really beautiful. Okay. What's the most challenging part of your job? Each of you. Actually, I'm going to ask, say, I'll ask you two questions in this one. The most challenging and the most rewarding part of your job. I mean, I think the most challenging part of the job, and we even touched on this a little bit in the beginning of the conversation, I think the, the managerial aspect of just sort of making the machine run is always challenging because I think there are always factors outside of our control that get in and mess up the works. And I feel like every day we sort of come with a plan and God laughs and we just, you know, you keep rolling with it, you keep rolling with it. And then, it, you know, it's, it, it takes, a, it certainly can take a toll. I think that's probably the most challenging part of what we do is just the, the daily grind and, and just trying to keep projects on track, keep, keep staff moving forward and in, in the right direction and on track and, um, and, you know, pleasing clients and managing expectations. I feel like that's those, I, I would say not that, but those are the most challenging aspects, I feel. Most rewarding? What's the rewarding? Um, I think the most rewarding part, I mean, not to be redundant, I think the most re rewarding part is the payoff and not the, I'm not talking about the financial payoff, but those calls that you get from those happy clients at the end, even if it has been a long road to hoe and a windy path to get there and there's always ups and downs, but I feel like at the end of the day when you have put all of that effort into a project, whatever it is, even if it's a line of furniture or a lighting collection like those, you know, you get to the end of it and then you have that moment where you go to market and you get to display mm -hmm. and create your, your vignette and, uh, and you get these amazing accolades and wonderful, wonderful people like yourself come up and you say, oh my gosh, it's amazing to meet you. This is a beautiful collection. I feel like that is the most rewarding part when you, mm -hmm. when you receive that validation that what you have done, what you have been toiling through for many, many months and sometimes years is is worth all the effort that you put into it i think that's always a great reward yeah those are great answers how about you mira you know the, for me the most challenging part of the job is i mean in truth we've bitten off a lot right we've got we've been growing the design business we've been growing the product and licensing and 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 things like this like the I think I didn't understand all the layers that were involved. So I, I think we worked for 10 years in the industry before starting our own company. So the interior design and project management was really natural. And it's been how we've been developing what seemed natural, like, oh, we, we design furniture. Oh, we do. Like, it seemed like a very natural extension of what we do, but it actually is like running a second business and 
we had to change our, you know, the structure of our staffing to make sure we had the, our partners and market, marketing people and PR people had support from our company. So things got a lot more official, I think, when we used to kind of do our own PR and everything was very organic. And now we have kind of roles and teams and um, outside agents. And it's kind of taken on a, a bigger life and it's something that we're learning our way through so i feel like we we don't we can't always anticipate what the next step is so that's more of a struggle where i think with the interior design office you understood how to run it and what would be smooth and what a bigger job meant versus a smaller job or different scale budgets like that was all understandable and this has been maybe a learning curve not not bad but just challenging new and um a lot of new, new things to learn bring a lot of new relationships too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we learned, um, I just like that, uh, especially in some, some of the showrooms we'll have like the sales team come over to meet us and then they'll leave and we'll hear like, Oh, they are nice. Like we're from New York and apparently New Yorkers have a bad reputation. <laughs> oh, that's funny. And, We'll hear it over and over again. And we'll have salespeople like bringing buyers to meet us. And they'll be like, they're from New York, but they're really nice. Oh, and then well, you're, you're people people because you're in the design business, right? So of course you're nice. That's funny. So, there's a lot of pressure to like represent New York uh, when we're down in North Carolina, represent uh-huh. um, play nicely. But uh, and what is the most fulfilling? Um, do you know, lately I've been really excited about when we're working on projects, I get excited, like, you know, we're a family, we've built a family, we do a lot of family projects for young families that are growing, but I get really excited now when, um, it just feels really intimate when there's, a, there's parents and they are doing things to plan with their adult children. And we've had a couple of projects like that now. And that I think is really exciting because it's, it's a little different when they're younger and they're hopeful of what their family life is going to become. Uh, it's different than if we worked on a project in Martha's Vineyard where they developed a second, they subdivided, they developed a second property so that one day each child would inherit a property. Mm. And it's kind of like being part, I feel like it's like an extension of their love. It's really nice to be involved in those type of projects when it's, it's so thoughtful and heartfelt and generous and meaningful. Yeah. And generational. That's beautiful. How cool. Um, Okay. What's your favorite thing to collect? I collect everything and get in trouble all the time. I was always trying to, cut me off from my auction addictions but um do you like hide it somewhere do you like hide it in the office because if you bring it home i can't hide it anymore it's just it's everywhere it's everywhere it's uh it's borderline hoarding no i I love to collect any kind of pottery that i can get my hands on i have kind of i'm a pottery junkie um but let's be clear it's he's not collecting like a stamp or a maker it'll just be like a green pot yeah, be like, just oh, a beautiful thing i like to do you like beautiful. do you grow a plant in it or is it you just love it as a vessel just open and just as a vessel it might be a vase it could just be a, like we have a beautiful big urn that i love that's on our one of our entry consoles that just gets the dog leash and uh-huh. 
the artists kind of go in there and sometimes the kids throw things in there. It might be a, for, you know, a big bowl of mail and catalogs that come in. Um, I don't know. It just, uh, you know, you know, pottery, uh, cash and carry kind of thing. So, you know, so I can instant gratification, <laughs> right? You yes, don't have to wait exactly. for it to come in. You just yeah. saw it, you fell in love and you rescued it, made it yours. Yep. I love it. How about you, Mara? Do you, do you collect anything or do you mostly get rid of stuff? She collects animals from like shelters. She has two rescue cats, a rescue dog. Those are your... You have a big, huge heart, Mara. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I guess, you know, part of it is we're, we're in the business of stuff and I do love stuff and like beautiful things. And I can, I've occasionally buy some things, but I, I know I have actually like a hoarding instinct, which is it can't go somewhere bad. Like A, we rescue things mm -hmm. and then it can't go somewhere where it might get destroyed. So then it, I can't give it away. Like if a friend wants it, if somebody's getting a new home, if somebody, like sometimes somebody, a friend bought a house and I was like, come to our basement, take a look. Like, what do you want? Like, because I'm happy for it to go somewhere else. Um, but it, but it can't just get dumped. And so that is actually slowed down. Like I try not to bring things in now because I know I'm like emotionally attached to all these things. That's really sweet. I love that. Put the kibosh on it. Yeah. So I you, I'd like to pivot to jewelry. I think that's the answer. Jewelry. Yeah. There's always room for jewelry. That's what I think I need to do. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. I love it because there's no more room for pets, especially in yeah. the city. Yeah. I can fit so much jewelry in a small box. Yeah, definitely. I love no. that. I do feel like as designers, we love all the pretty things and we do want to rescue it all. And so then you're like, oh, shoot, I'm going to have to redo my house because the stuff I like doesn't go with what I've got right now. So I don't know. Are you guys always like putting things in the blender and spitting it out in a different way all the time? And I'm just always doing that with my own house. I'm like, oh, Put it in the family room. Move that back to the living room. I got to just, it needs to change because I can't circulate, live like yeah. this anymore. <laughs> you have to circulate your, yes, your collections. Yes, yeah. for sure. Change it and then change it again. Okay. I'm going to wind it down with a question we ask everybody that's on the podcast. And that is, what does luxury mean to you? So for instance, I read, oh, I can't remember which magazine it was, but they asked Martin Lawrence Bullard this question. And I loved it so much. He, um, I'll tell you this story while you guys be thinking of what luxury means to you. He said for him, luxury means not saving anything for best. So he says, I use my Hermes butter knife every day of my life. I, I get out all my best stuff. I use it all the time. I don't want to save it for a special occasion, but that is luxury to me is to live with all my best stuff all the time. So I felt like it was such a fun answer to ask designers. So now everybody that comes on the podcast, we say, what does luxury mean to you? Now, I think that's, for me, that's an easy answer because I think luxury is, for me, equals ease. I so love that. Yes. It isn't necessarily about the provenance or the quality of something, but if it's making my life really kind of seamless. Mm -hmm. And in a way, that's why I like that We'll go full circle back to like the paper product shelf. Mm -hmm. Like I just love not having to struggle. I think that's like, yeah, the programming of a home, the way the closets work, if the millwork is designed properly, like all of that to me creates luxury for the user. And for me, that's the 
peace of mind. Mara, I imagine in your um, business that you probably create more processes, right, than anybody because it will make um, the way you do things easier if you so just hard. follow this process. Right now, I feel so heard. Yes, I love it. I love it. Do you want a job? I need you. <laughs> That's awesome. How about you, Jesse? What's luxury? Um, how do you? What does luxury mean to you? You know, I think luxury is comfort. I think that um, you know we've, as Mara mentioned, I feel like we, for whatever reason, whatever that reason is, maybe because we are family, um, we do get a lot of family oriented projects and i think that there comes with that a certain amount of um practicality or the you know the idea that oh we have pets or we have kids or you know you have to be we'll, we'll sort of get those kind of requests from clients that they want to make sure that it is durable it is it is staying proof that it is and i think that you what luxury is to me is being able to, it's a little bit like the Martin Lawrence Ballard response, but that you can live beautifully, luxuriously, and still love your pets and your kids and let them come into the living room and let them, and eat at the dining table and, you know, use your good dishes. But I think that there, that is, for me, luxury is the sort of comfort level of being able to have beautiful things that are, functional and that you can use on a daily basis yes i think we we certainly grew up in an era where there was like you know the living room that you didn't go in except for holidays or it was like somebody you know some aunt had house where you couldn't step on that rug it was it was like only for christmas or thanksgiving and i think um luxury for me is using those spaces all the time never mm-hmm. thinking twice about it and it's okay to it's okay to use things. It's okay to, you know, luxury can get worn out and you're just replacing. That's fine. Yeah. It doesn't have to be so precious. I love that. That's how I feel about wearing shoes in the house. I'm like, please come in. Don't take off your shoes. You'll make me uncomfortable. Yeah. Like just everybody be comfortable and come in and all this stuff was designed to get used. So yeah, I love that so much. Great answer. Thank you so much for spending so much time with us today. You guys are the best. And um, I could have the time to actually spend with you. I feel like, a couple of times we bumped into each other at market. There's just, you know, you've got those five or 10 minute intervals of going, going through the circle. So it's nice to be able to spend some time with you. Thank you for your thoughtful questions. Yes, of course. Well, appreciate you guys. Admire everything that you're doing. It's so profound, so beautiful. It's carrier and company was so needed in the market. So thank you for having the courage to get in the arena and to do it because you're doing it really, really beautifully. Um, so thank you for joining us today. And those of you that, um, that don't know about Carrier and Company yet, you need to follow them on Instagram. They are at Carrier and Company, that's C-A-R-R-I-E-R and co. And then their book is Carrier and Company, Positively Chic Interiors. So you can check them out that way. And uh, thanks again for joining us, Mara and Jesse. Thank you, Jessica. We hope you enjoyed this week's podcast. We love sharing our insight and our years of experience in design, and we're excited for you to be able to create beautiful moments in your home. Just like every design project we do is tailored for a unique client, we're always sourcing and creating beautiful pieces. And we've done all the grunt work for you in order to have some in your own home. So our one-stop shop is alicelanehome.com. 
And these things are so beautiful. And I'm sure you're going to find pieces that will elevate your home. So check it out. AliceLaneHome.com. Hey, thanks for listening. If you like our show, please leave a five-star rating. 